0: This morning, what a blessing that we are in the very presence of Almighty God to worship Him, to hear from Him, and as we open God's Word to Genesis 1, beginning at verse 1, I'm expecting that many of you are going to say, I know that verse. but That's where we're going to start. Let's pray together. Almighty God, on this day at this moment, I pray you would speak once again. You would allow our ears to hear, you would allow our minds to understand, and you would drive it deeply into our hearts to make a difference, not only for the few minutes that we have in your word, but it would make an impact in our lives. In Christ's name, amen. We begin in God's Word with Genesis one one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I, I'm wrestling with myself already because uh, Chuck, when he called me later after I agreed to be pulpit supply today, um, he said. Uh, well, we are having communion. Is that okay? Well, yeah, that's okay. Well, He said, so then your, your message can, you, you don't have to preach as long. <laughs> and then I saw the bulletin. And the bulletin says that the um, potluck afterwards is, starts at 1130, so I'm sure we can go to at least 1115 before anybody's going to get antsy about getting out of here. But thinking about that, I had seven pages of notes for this morning. It's down to one page, you'll be glad to know. First point, we gotta, 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 gotta get this right. God created. God, the all-powerful, the all-loving, the all-knowing, the all-holy God created. We don't get that right then you don't have to listen to the rest of this message. And that's okay. You are going to have to deal with a God who created. I fully believe, I fully understand that God created. In the rest of Genesis 1, we hear about God creating. God created the light and separated it from the darkness. God created the waters and separated the sky from the waters. He separated land out of the sea. He spoke and it was created. He spoke and the sun shone and the moon was there and the stars for their seasons appeared. He spoke and the sea started to thrive with living things. He spoke and animals, well, first plants grew all over the place, and then animals. And we came then to the end of the sixth day. If you continue to look down in the scripture with me, Genesis 1, beginning at verse 26. Then God said, hey, hey, let, let us make man in our own image after our likeness, and let, us have dom- let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every living, creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So, God created man in his own image, In the image of man, he created them. And he blessed them. And then, as God presents to us creation in a very thumbnail sketch, he, he also then... It goes beyond just talking about yeah, he spoke and created. He also tells us in Genesis 2 that he did something special. He did something special. Beginning in verse, just verse 7. Then the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living creature. It's almost as if God himself, the God of the universe, this powerful God who spoke and, oh, have any of you seen pictures from the Joe Webb telescope looking at the universe? I mean, they are discovering Galaxies far flung that they've never seen before. This God who spoke and created, he, this is the image I see, he got down in the dirt with his hands and he made bones and he made sinew and he made skin to cover the organs and the muscles, and all of... And then he bent down the form of man and went... And man became a living being. Wow. Wow. We we read throughout the Scriptures that mankind... Is a crown of God's creation. Ducks are great. Gotta tell you, ducks are great. Moose and bear. Wow, the diversity of what God has made in the animal kingdom. And mankind is the crown of His creation. Wow, that, that just blows me away when I because I love love the heavens, and the stars and what God has made. I I geek out about the pictures that they can bring us. I just thoroughly enjoy the diversity of what God's created here. And after God created all of that, created mankind, He looked at it all and He said, very. Every other day of creation, he had said, it's good. It's good. Now he is this far with creation, created in man, the breath of life. And he says, very good. I hope someday that you will take up the conversation of just what all of that means in creation, God being, our man being very good with Pastor Stephen. Uh, <laughs> because there is a lot of nuance to that. One little thread I'd like to highlight this morning. One little thread is that God made mankind the crown of his creation because he wanted to have a personal relationship with mankind. He did not want to have people be... Robots. He wanted to give us the ability to communicate with him as people with a a will, people with an understanding, people with the ability to have passions and desires. He wanted us to be living beings, not robotic animals. Because there's no saying... If it walks like a human, talks like a human, smells like a, you know, then you're human. No. That goes for animals, but humans are so varied, so diverse. We were created. In fact, yes, we were created. We sang a song this morning, even about being known from our mother's womb. Like Psalm 39. Fearfully and wonderfully made. And yet, it doesn't take very long. In Genesis, you get to chapter 3. Many of you know where that goes because it goes into Adam and Eve in the garden. Everything's very good. And they God talks to them daily. Comes around, they, they chill out in the evening. And... Um, Kick back and have a sweet tea together, and and it's good. They're having a great relationship. Adam's doing his thing. Eve's doing her thing. And yet, Adam and Eve, during the day, somewhere along the line, maybe several times along the line, are tempted to think God's holding out on us a little bit. Hey, Satan is saying, he, he, "God's holding on. You don't know the difference between good and evil, but but you eat of that forbidden tree. Hey, you'll know the difference between good and evil, and that'll be a good thing. You'll be a little bit more like God, and God wants you to be more like Him." Well, we know that didn't turn out very well, and something happened when they fell to that temptation. There was a broken relationship between God and us. Between God and Adam and Eve. Between God and humanity throughout the ages. I don't have time to tell all my good stories today. Because we've got to be out of here in just an hour. sorry so you don't get all my good stories the Bible is packed full of good stories and I'm going to highlight a few this morning and they are about God working at pointing us pointing humanity back to relationship with him So that he can look at us like he looked at Adam and Eve first and say, Very good. You won't have a hard time catching it. All of these surround covenant. God made a covenant with Noah after the flood put a rainbow in the sky and said, that is a sign and symbol that I am no longer going to wipe everybody out by a flood. I'm going to have a, special, a better relationship with mankind than just to let mankind go after every evil inclination of their heart, which was happening before Noah. Well, time went on and, and God comes to Abram and God says to Abram, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make this covenant with you that you will be blessed. You will have so many descendants, you won't be able to count them. Like the stars of the heavens or the sands of the sea. I'm going to bless you and all the nations of the earth will be blessed by you. And he gives Abram a way to sign that covenant. Well, God signed the covenant. Now, in Genesis uh, chapter 15, we read that God had Abram make a sacrifice. Various animals split them in half, like one to the right, one to the left. And Abram sat at the end of this trail that went between the sacrifices. Kind of gory, but it was a bloody trail. And at the beginning of the evening, Abram saw a smoking pot, which probably was referring to God himself, walking this trail of blood up and down and saying, essentially saying, Abram, I'm making a covenant with you. I'm making a covenant with all who follow in faith in your your way. I'm making a covenant that if I let down my half of the covenant... Be it to me as what has happened to these sacrifices. That's what humans would have done. They would have both walked through the path, got blood all up on their robes, and and it would have been a sign that they had made this covenant, and if anybody broke that covenant, they were to be torn asunder. But the crux... Of the Abram blessing, God was taking a certain people to be his own. He was going to bless them. He was going to work with them to make them have the option of being able to be seen by God as very good. A lot of the Old Testament is about how they screwed that up, but the truth is that was a major component. To the covenant made with Abraham, of which circumcision was a sign. Some of us know that biblical history that from Abram, who was fatherless, came Isaac. And Isaac came Jacob. And Jacob had 12 sons. And that whole tribe ended up in Egypt. And some 400 years later, a people of perhaps two million. And God said to Moses, go down to Egypt and talk to Pharaoh and have him bring the people out of Egypt. Well, long story, short version. The people got to Mount Sinai, and at Mount Sinai, God made covenant with Moses, actually with the people of Israel through Moses, saying, you are going to be my people. But, hey, I I want to show you the right way to live. I want to show you the boundaries that you ought to have in your own personal lives, and I want to show you how to approach me in a way that I will be able to not only see you as fearfully and wonderfully made, but I want to see you as very good. And through Moses came the law through Moses came the way to worship through Moses came a covenant that God was saying I want to help you to become very good well Five, six hundred years later, it still wasn't going very good for the people. And God made a covenant with David. He said, David, because you're a man after my own heart, and you're the leader of this kingdom, you are the king, I'm going to make the covenant that someone from your line will be on the throne throughout all generations. the leadership was to lead people in a way that they would go toward God and and God might be able to see them as very good. Each of these covenants, along with the covenants that, that the prophets started to talk about, each of these covenants were pointing people in part, not the whole thing, but in part, to looking at their relationship with God so that it might become, God's saying, very good. The prophets pointed out they were screwing that up. Through Jeremiah and several other prophets, there was the talk of another covenant, a new covenant that would come, a covenant that would come in a Christ, a covenant in which... It would be different than the law. It would be different than circumcision. It would be different than not just protection from disaster, not because leadership was so good, but a different kind of covenant. God was pointing the people to realize that God wanted to see them very good. We have laid before us the elements of communion. There's a covenant that comes to us in Christ, what Christ has done. is one of the signs and symbols of that covenant. I don't have time. But I do have to say this. I do have to say this. Pastor Stephen has been called by this congregation. He has not been contracted by this congregation to be the pastor here. Part of that call is a covenant that he has made with God to help you become very good. Part of your responsibility is to accept his leadership. Part of your responsibility is to personally be walking a path of becoming very good. Not one of us is going to be perfect until the consummation of all things and we're sitting around the big banquet table. So when we sit around... Lunch today, remember the big banquet table where Jesus gets to preside. He's the bride, we're the bridegroom, and God, the Father, is going to stand at the head table and look across all of us and go, Very good. We're back to creation. We're back to not sinning anymore. Back to the curse of sin being gone. Our life now within the church, within our community, within our families, within our nation, within this world, what we're about is walking that path to very good. What a blessing be on that path. What an honor for those of us who are deemed into the ministry to help point people down that path. Just, one more little illustration, animal illustration, if I will. You can't. You, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Put salt in their oats. <laughs> Let's pray. Almighty God, as, as time feels like it gets away from us. Lord, help us to realize we live in your time. And Father, may this day be a day of rejoicing, not just here, but even in your heart. For we pray in Christ's name alone. Amen.